Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Well, the strike to Hero as runners at the corners for him here in the fourth inning. 1 1 pitch. That's in the air to right field. That's got a charge to it. Ravello going back. Look it up. It's gone. Keston Hera, opposite field, three-run shot as the Brewers busted wide open in the fourth. Oh, did they ever, and it was that kind of night at the ballpark, and Brad Thompson said it best. He said, Mama said there would be days like this, and that's what it was. It was a rough night for the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome into Scoops with Danny Mack. It is the Wednesday edition of the program, and I want to hear from you. Want to hear from you, 65780. That is the text line, 65780. So Jack Flaherty, not sharp, needed to get innings. They didn't get it. Didn't get a good start from Jack. Back-to-back home runs in that first inning. It was Christian Yelich, and then it was Ryan Braun. And then all of a sudden, floodgates kind of opened up midway through, and they needed those innings to kind of save the bullpen for today because it's a doubleheader. They didn't get it. And Scotty? Not a good start for him. No. Then the offense wasn't there. Uh, and there's concern going into the doubleheader. Then all of a sudden you had the benches clear, socially distanced to an extent, socially distanced, no punches thrown. It's a COVID-19 outbreak, so socially distanced. Uh, you don't want to have that happen again, obviously, so you got to be careful with that. However, we did see Yachty, uh, he was upset, and his teammates unquestionably unquestionably they're going to stand up for him mike schilt is unquestionably going to stand up for yadier molina there is no doubt he is the leader of this team and adam wainwright so i don't want to hear anybody say well they should have done this that nope and if you think that mike schilt in the post game isn't going to stand up for yadier molina you've lost your mind the guy is a warrior that's just the way it is just the way it is yeah, it was great to see the way that he stuck up for him. And I, I thought it was kind of odd because it seemed like, man, like we're here we are concerned about Yachty's hand and we're like, oh my gosh, I guess he's going to have to come out of the game. Like, can this night get any worse? They're already down by 10 plus runs. And then the chirping starts in the Brewers dugout. Here's what I think is interesting is during that at bat, I thought Fox Sports of West did a great job of having the crowd noise of Ryan Braun beacon back at the ump. So like right before that happened. And then you realize, right, there's no fans in the stands. There is no crowd. You can hear everything, especially when you're as far as me to you, six feet away from the Brewers dugout and they start spewing something out. I love Schilt getting fired up and going right back at him. He didn't even back down at all. So let's kind of get into this. So what I heard, and again, I'm not at the ballpark for folks that don't know. It may sound like we are because we have the crowd noise. And, it, you know, if you're just tuning into the games, it, I think we've done a really good job. Our, our crew has done a great job of making it sound like we're at the ballpark. We're in a studio um, that is dark. By the way, freezing cold. I had one of my fingers go numb the other day. Literally went numb. Seriously. Yes. Uh, it is really cold. I got a few monitors, and I call the game. Um, it's quiet in the stadium, obviously. And our crowd mic or our field mic picked up Ryan Braun. I'm kind of paraphrasing and it, the, the strike, and you could hear Braun go, no, 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 that is not a strike. That is not a strike. And then they cut the mic down in case that he started to cuss, is why, and, and we do that anyway. 
and I could see him look back and say something to the umpire. And my guess was that he was saying something to the umpire about Molina, saying that, hey, and Jimmy kind of agreed with me. Jimmy Edmonds was on the call. And my guess was it wasn't disparaging towards Molina. It was something like, hey, I know this guy's a great player. Maybe he's a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the best in the game. But just because he's back here, you can't give him that call if he framed it or whatever. That's not a strike. Something along those lines. And maybe Molina said something back. And that's just my guess. And then you had the catcher's interference, and then all heck broke loose. So that is my guess. Don't know for sure. I'm not privy to going down and asking Yachty about it or Mike Schilt. But here's Paul Goldschmidt after the game and his perspective on what happened when the bench is cleared. I'm not really sure. You know, I just, I, mean, I, just, I was in the dugout. So I just came out of the game, so you're just watching. And, you know, then you just kind of see it happen in the motions and stuff. So you just were out there and just make sure uh, – you know, nothing spills out of control, which I don't think it did. And, you know, then again, just, just move on. So, you know, it's an emotional game. It's part of it. And, uh, you know, like I said, just move on. And this is now in what typically you look at that point in the game, it's a blowout. It's a blowout. And yet Yachty stays in the game. And Paul Goldschmidt talked about that, too. I mean, nothing surprised me with him. He's, he's incredible. He's amazing out there, you know. I played against him for seven years or so, and he's a guy that I had as much respect for, if not the most respect out of anyone for the game, for how he does it, how he goes out there and, and plays every game, and, you know, as a catcher, and, um, you know, never wants to come out of the game, whether we're winning or losing, and just no matter what, he does a great job. So now being his teammate for almost two years, uh, that's exactly what I saw from across the, across the field. And I mean, he just has so much respect from everyone. Um, you know, guys on this team, of course, and you know, being on the other side too, the guys that are playing against him, and um, and that's why that's when he's one of the best of all time. So let's go to uh, to now. The bench is clearing. Mike Schilt addressed that situation. What what happened? Why did this situation get to that point uh, midway through the game? You know, there's there's um, the second career incident where Yadier Molina was had catcher's interference on, and nine time gold glove career uh took place um and you know obviously a little frustrated that you know we got our our captain that's been been hit and again i'm not saying you know hey it's the game things happen and i go to check on him and make sure he's okay and you know you hear something out of the dugout yeah, we we uh, we're all human. Things happen. I can speak. Our record speaks for itself. You know, we're not a team with a lot of incidents. You know, last year we had the least amount of player ejections and manager ejections in our league. I'm not holier than thou. None of us are. We show up to play baseball, and we play it as hard as we can, and we play against ourselves, and we happen to have an opponent. That being said. I'm on record. I go out to check on a guy, but not going to take it. And I got to keep chirping out of a dugout. We don't start things, but we're not going to take it. Heard something didn't appreciate. I will always have our players back. I will especially have a Hall of Famer and a guy that has the most physical, mental toughness that I've ever managed and may ever manage. I will always have his back. Bingo. And he has to. 
He's the leader of the team in terms of Yadier Molina. Answers the bell every single day. We all see it. Takes shot after shot and answers the bell. He's a leader on the field, and that's just the way it is. And so Mike says once he heard the comment from the Brewers dugout, he said all bets were off. I don't know where the insult came from. I don't know. what I, I feel like it was more directed to me, quite honestly. You know, I, I did I do anything to, to warrant it, perhaps? I mean, I, I was staring in the dugout. I will accept that. It was, you know, with the mask on, it's hard to really appreciate what people are really intending. You can hear, I can hear great though. My, my hearing doesn't suffer at all with the mask on. But I did, I stared in the dugout. I mean, I can't I can't be happy with the fact that, you know, and, and look, LeBron's been in this league a long time. He's a good player. He's a really good player. You know, he's had nice series against us. I'm not, and I want to make sure this is clear. There is no allegations against Ryan Braun necessarily. It just didn't look good. It's a second catching appearance of a guy that's caught since June the 5th, I think, of 2004 when he made his debut. It just didn't look good when the, when a, a little bit of conversation took place prior to it. And if you pay attention to it, there was a conversation prior to it. And I'm sure you have. It just didn't look good. And at that point, you think I'm going to accept that? No. But uh, you take the high road. There was a look in the dugout. There was something said. And at that point, all bets are all. Ooh, a little fired up from Mike Schilt. Love it. So Mike Schilt gets fired up. It adds into the uh, intrigue of game number two. It was a blowout yesterday, so you turn the page. Adam Wainwright going, Johan Oviedo. Those are the two starters for games one and two today, and we'll have it for you on Fox Sports uh, Midwest. So looking forward to that, and uh, coming up, we'll talk it over. We'll break it down with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It's a Wednesday, and as we always do, we have the chance to visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. It was a drubbing yesterday for St. Louis. They got thumped in Game 3 of their series against the Milwaukee Brewers, and now it's a doubleheader. Brian of thecardinalnation.com covering the Cardinals, whether it's at their alternate site, covering what's happening there, although it's a little bit tough, the minor leagues as a whole, or St. Louis Cardinals baseball at thecardinalnation.com. Brian, as always, thanks for joining us on these Wednesdays. How are you? I'm doing fine, Dan. You know, it's it's amazing. There's never seems to be anything to talk about when we get together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even in the off season during a pandemic, we find things to talk about. It's just amazing. <laughs> Baseball just keeps rolling 365 days a year. Um, yesterday was in a normal season. If you had a normal season and a lopsided game like that, you'd say, well, it's just, you know, one of those games and you try to get through it and you, you put it aside and, and away you go. But this is kind of a quote-unquote pennant race and you had two teams that were hot and there were obviously Molina was hot. A lot of things happened. What, what were your takeaways from some of the, the things that you saw yesterday? Well, one of the things that happened early was, you know, a couple of solo home runs against Jack Flaherty. And, you know, the first thing I thought to my mind is, you know, Christian Yelich has been having a terrible season so far. And, you know, the fact that he's starting to wake up right now, you know, is one of the worst things that could possibly happen because we've seen how he's dominated Cardinals pitching in the past. And, you know, the Cardinals and Brewers still have, what, seven games left head-to-head this year. So that was the first thing I thought of. Obviously, you know, Jack Flaherty didn't didn't have his A game. He left a lot of pitches in the middle of the plate and, and paid for it. That put pressure on the bullpen. 
And then, you know, in the fifth inning, the frustrations, uh, you know, started to boil over and, you know, things happened that you just have to hope that Yadier Molina's uh, wrist injury is not going to be serious enough to knock him out. Now, they stayed in for two more innings, but, you know, it's difficult to tell given, you know, his toughness level and tolerance for pain. You know, you just have to hope that, the, you know, you won't have to go on the injured list because if he does, you know, I think everybody appreciates the shepherding that he's done of the rotating group of pitchers that have come through there. And, you know, that not a slide against Matt Wieters or Andrew Kisner, but, you know, there would be a, there would be a noticeable drop off if Yadier Molina can't play. I, I didn't see him coming out. I, I knew he was frustrated with the previous at bat inning or two before with the, the strike zone and striking out what was going on in the game. Uh, clearly upset with Braun and the bench. I, I just didn't see him coming out at that time. And remember, Wong was a, a scratch from the game. They had Thomas in the game. I mean, they were they were limited with bench players. So I just didn't see him coming out of the game. He knows the situation. He knows what's going on. Yeah, you're you're on a great point, Dan. And that's something that I you know asked John Mozeliak about the other day. And that was that the Cardinals are only going with twelve position players right now. They need the extra pitchers, obviously. But what that means is you've only got three you know three hitters on the bench. And you know all the talk last night about you know, what position player might come in to pitch as, as rough as a pitching situation is they were, they had fewer options, uh, you know, among the position players remaining. So, you know, the, the roster size issue and the sheer number of innings that are having to be thrown, you know, look like it's starting to catch up with them. I wonder what kind of corresponding moves you make for this doubleheader. Now, Chris Matt clearly is off limits. Um, I thought he did a, a great job yesterday, kind of you know, just got you through the very end of it. He was on fumes, so did a good job. And and you know that it in it you know it, it show it'll show up in the box score. Yeah, he gave you your innings, and the casual fan will say, "Hey, okay, nice job." But inside that clubhouse, you win a lot of points. That's number one. Yeah. And number two is you know looking at what's going on with the outfield situation. I got to wonder if Dil- so Fernandez maybe comes up or somebody from the alternate site. And number two, Lane Thomas had a drop again in right field. He's not producing at the plate. And I got to wonder if Dylan Carlson's going to come back up for this stretch run. I, I just wonder about those two things. Well, certainly Fernandez is on the taxi squad. He's with the team. So, you know, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, he's a guy that certainly could come on, as you mentioned, uh, you know, for Chris Matt, who's going to be unavailable for, you know, a few days. We also have to remember that the starting pitcher, Johan Oviedo, at least projected starting pitcher in game two, uh, has to come off the IL and there has to be some kind of move made. Although he could be the 29th man, there has to be a 40 man roster move. Uh, in terms of, Typically, you know, the team takes guys who are on the taxi squad and activates them. And Justin Williams is the outfielder who's on the taxi squad and in Milwaukee right now, not Dylan Carlson. So, you know, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. The other thing you mentioned before, uh, Colton Wong, uh, Mike Schilt did not rule out after the game last night that Wong might have to go on the injured list. And if so, then, uh, you know, Max Schrock is the guy who's with the team on the taxi squad and he could be activated as well. So we could see you know, a flurry of roster moves today, depending on the injury situation, as well as the, uh, you know, need to get fresh pitching uh, on the roster. It's amazing. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com is always my guest on a Wednesday. And it seems like whenever the Cardinals need this season, they've hit a wall or there has to be a big start. It's Adam Wainwright that for whatever reason, it's his, his time in the uh, rotation that pops up. Well, here we go again. Number 50. He's, He's up again, and the Cardinals need a big, big start from Adam today. Isn't that the truth, Dan? I mean, you think the first game back from the you know virus and 
Everybody wondered what was going to happen. He came out and pitched a tremendous game. Then there was that four-game losing streak and it looked at home, and it looked like the season was going down the drain, and, and Wainwright again made another gutsy performance, had another strong performance. You know, now, after this 18-3 loss, you know, the team could easily float away, and, you know, this could be the end of it. But, you know, if Wainwright comes back in in, in game one, and pitches a good game and rests the bullpen, you know, you take your chances with Oviedo in game two. And, you know, if the Cardinals could pick off a couple wins here, you know, it would make a big difference because, you know, the, the, the Cubs have continued to win. They're now five games up, but the Brewers are only a half game behind the Cardinals and the Reds are only another half game behind them. So, you know, the Cardinals could easily, with a bad day, end up in fourth place. And, you know, that's obviously not somewhere they want to be. And they're thinking postseason play. If they get there, that means postseason bubble. So we heard about the postseason bubble in Major League Baseball. It's been talked about and talked about. Well, now we know it's going to happen uh, for all the rounds. And, you know, hypothetically, the Cardinals could get off this road trip and some of the players go straight to a hotel room for the final five games of the regular season at home. They may have to play the final two. It looks like they're going to have to play the final two against Detroit, the way things are going, which are tentatively scheduled. But that would be for seeding or for maybe just getting in the playoffs or whatever the case may be. But one don't want to put the, the cart before the horse, but we'll get there if we need to get there. And then they go play whatever uh, team they have to play in the playoffs. But the idea is a bubble system for baseball across the board. What do you think? I think it's necessary. I think it's a smart move. And, you know, they've set it up in a way that the National League teams will play in Texas uh, where there's no home field advantage and the American League teams will play uh, in the Padres and Dodgers stadium. So, you know, they've done a good job there. I think, you know, there was some whining from some of the players, including Andrew Miller, the Cardinals, about the fact, well, you know, we, you know, we don't want to, you know, go into the bubble early and we didn't have enough notice and, well, you know, that's on the union that they didn't negotiate that with the owners as far as I'm concerned. I, I think the plan that makes that's in place makes a lot of sense. There's a lot at stake, and they want to make sure that the playoffs don't get shut down because of virus. Because, again, you know, you're going to have eight teams, you know, in, in, a, in a relatively close proximity. Uh, and so they want to make sure that, you know, if the playoffs get, get started, they're going to play. The other point is the players have already guaranteed $50 million at a minimum if the playoffs are able to be played uh, through their – through their end. And that's important because the way the current agreement is the players post postseason play is based on percent of gate revenue. And other than maybe 20% capacity, 25% capacity in might have in Texas at best, you know, there was no going to be no gate revenue. So the players are going to get paid in the postseason. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience, but you know, just be quiet and, and play the games as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, you look at a typical regular season, you know, you're on the road for half a month anyway. Uh, now you're asking for a full month away and they're talking about being able to bring families in if they're quarantined. So there is a way to get with your families. So that, that is part of this too, correct? Absolutely right. They've, they've made accommodations and again, they seem reasonable from, from the outside, but you know, this, in this format, it's interesting. Rob Manfred has been quoted as saying that he believes that a majority of the owners are in support of this new expanded 16 team playoff format to go beyond 2020. Now, the reality is the current cooperative bargaining agreement runs through next season, and that agreement is based on the current playoff structure, the, the prior playoff structure. So there's going to have to be another you know, set of negotiations between the players if this uh, you know, playoff structure works and they want to when they want to hold it next year. There are some people, though, who believe that by increasing the playoffs from 10 to 16, it will actually keep down player salaries at the high end because teams will be less motivated to you know, go out and buy 
stars knowing that as long as you have a 500 record, chances are good you're going to play in October. I, I can't imagine what this offseason is going to look like in terms of um, as we've talked about, no Arizona Fall League, what development may look like, whether you're the St. Louis Cardinals, you're the Chicago Cubs, you're the San Diego Padres, you're the New York Yankees, whatever you do uh, in the winter months and trying to develop your, 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 your young players. Have you heard anything about that, Brian, of, of just trying to get your young players in and get some type of development and movement and progress with that? I just, you know, this has just been a disaster for the minor leagues 2020. And certainly COVID you know, caused it was the, was the, the first, you know, match it was struck. But I mean, you look, there've been no minor league seasons, you know, some organizations like the Cardinals tried to carve out a handful of spots in their alternate camp for young prospects. They got their first, you know, first two draft picks into Springfield, but the alternate camps are being shut down now uh, effective this weekend. And they'll have a taxi squad in St. Louis, you know, through the playoffs, but you know, that development opportunity to play simulated games in Springfield's over, uh, the Arizona Fall League was an annual event that uh, allowed teams to send seven or eight of their AAA, AA type players and play six weeks uh, of of structured games. That's not going to happen this year. Uh, instructional camp. A lot of organizations hold instructional camp for minor league players in the fall. Uh, MLB allowed has said that they're allowing teams to do that. Typically, they're held in their spring training camps in in Arizona or Florida. Uh, the Cardinals have said, you know, we're not going to do it at least through the end of our fiscal year in October, uh, at the end of October. And by the po- time they get to that point, they're really going to be thinking to 2021. So, you know, my my read on it is we're not going to see any Cardinals minor league action maybe until uh, instructional camp in January. And that would be to start to set up the 2021 season. I, I think it's going to be fascinating to know the how this is going to play out maybe two years from now, three years from now. And what has happened with the development of young players? I, I I just think it's going to be fascinating. What the reverberations of it? You know, it, did did players stunt? Did players get better? What did we learn from this? Was it a good thing to have a shorter season? Is it better not to play as much in the winter? All those things. I think we're all going to learn. There's just so many different variables going on, Dan. Yes, it will be interesting to watch, but it'll be hard to pin down, you know, what particular thing caused it. I mean, let's let's look at, you know, what's going to happen across the minor leagues next year. Two whole levels of play for young players are no longer going to exist. So now players are going to have to be ready to make the jump all the way from the Gulf Coast League to Class A ball which this past year, you know, was, was Peoria in the Midwest league. And that's a huge step. They've, they, they used to challenge their best prospects doing that in, in the past. And some guys could make it and some guys couldn't. So, you know, there's just all kinds of things that are you know going to be there. Obviously there's going to be like 60 or 70 fewer players in the system, you know, competing for those jobs. So, you know, minor league baseball in 2021, assuming the virus is behind us, is is going to be very, very different. There's going to be fewer players, fewer coaches. Uh, it's just, and, you know, we're starting to see those layoffs already across the game, not just with coaches, but trainers and scouts and, and even front office people. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's a time of significant change. And, you know, a lot of folks are unfortunately you know, going to lose their jobs. Well, you're always working at thecardinalnation.com. So tell us what uh, you have right now on the site day in and day out. 
Well, we uh, are having recaps of every game, including links to the box scores for folks who want to, you know, get into the detail of what happened the night before. Uh, every set of transactions, and there have been transactions about every other day, and there'll certainly be more today as we discussed. I break down those transactions, talk about what they mean in terms of the current team and the backup situations and the rosters. Uh, and then uh, uh, also have commentary articles, including one in which I go into significant detail about the things I touched on briefly, the alternate camp, the Arizona Fall League, instructional camp, et cetera. Brian, thanks. We appreciate it. Talk to you next week, Dan. Brian Walden, every Wednesday. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. I mean, you think about that. Just take a step back of all what you're asking me. And I know I'm getting off, off a little bit. I'm, I'm not overly tangible. But this is a guy in Yadier Molina who, in a 12-2 game at the time, takes a ball that takes a bat to his hand that we're still evaluating how compromised he will be able to play moving forward in a 12-2 game and plays two more innings. You talk about tough, you talk about dedicated, you talk about competitive. He's the most competitive, toughest player and smartest player I may ever manage. And my respect level for him is through the roof. And yes, I am going to defend that to the nth degree. Always. My guess is he'll be catching today, and my guess is he's going to be catching Adam Wainwright in one of the games of the doubleheader. Um, the Cardinals have had a lot of ups and downs this year. There's no doubt about it. Yesterday was one of the downs. It's no con- coincidence, though, that the majority of the ups involve number 50. Three big starts and big wins when they needed it desperately can Adam Wainwright, who has been the ace of the staff, this year there's nobody else this guy's been the ace of the staff you think about it the first game back after the 17-day layoff and you had no idea what the team was going to look like you had no idea how far a starter could go you were just hoping to get some innings he gave you five innings two hits an earned run and a win against what is the top team now in the american league the number one seed the white Sox, picked up a win That was back on the 15th of August. Then on the 30th against Cleveland, the Cardinals had lost four straight. His 39th birthday, he gave you nine innings, four hits, two earned, and a win. They had lost four straight to Pittsburgh and Cleveland, and in one of those games against Cleveland, you were blown out on a Friday night. The next day, you had lost a heartbreaking game in extra innings. And then on his 39th birthday, remember, this team was flat. They looked terrible on that Saturday. He gives you the complete game. Then there was the game against the Cubs. They had lost back-to-back games, including the opener in Chicago. He goes six and a third. That was game one of a doubleheader. Six hits, two earned, picked up the win. Now it's last night. Now it's last night. There's some tensions that are going to boil over, I would assume, from last night. As things have kind of, you know, you digest what took place last night, and you got blown out. People are talking a little bit. What happened? What's going on? You got a doubleheader. You need a win. You got a team chasing you. You're in the pennant race of 2020. Who's on the mound? It's Adam Wainwright. Got to have a win. One of these games, you got to have a win, and it's Adam Wainwright. And one thing yesterday, Dan, you were mentioning is you wanted to see Jack Flaherty go pitch deep into the game. Adam Wainwright, he's given you five plus in every single game this year. That's the thing that I love is that even if Flaherty didn't have his best stuff, I still wanted to see innings, and I didn't get that last night. That's okay not to have your best stuff, but you find a way to give you innings because 
And Ace will do that. And Jack has not been able to do that this year. He's not been able to go deep into games. That was the problem I had with last night. It's okay if you, you know, ideally you want to see him win the game. You want to see him shut down the opposition. That's first and foremost. But understanding that you have the doubleheader the next day and understanding that you have a doubleheader coming up this weekend, understanding that you're compromised in this wacky schedule, got to give you innings, man. And he didn't do it. So that's the frustrating part of the start last night. It's been a an even keel Cardinal club, even with the lopsided loss last night. Cardinals are the only second place team, by the way, under 500. They're 21 and 22. Uh, fifth best run differential. How? I don't know. They're under 500 at home once since 2000 and 2016. They're 11 and 11 at home. They're 10 and 11 on the road. They're 14 and 14 right now against the Central. Um, it's, I think it's now 14 times. If they get back to 500, it'd be 14 times. They've either been one game above or one game below and then gotten back to 500. So they can't just go and make a run one way or another. That's been weird. Their longest winning streak has been three. Longest losing streak has been four. Most runs scored in a game is 16. Most runs allowed was last night was 18. It's just been a weird season, man. Across the board, obviously, in Major League Baseball, but they've just been a a 500 team. But 500 is going to get you in. So, you know, you get through today, kind of catch your breath. Don't have a lot of time. You got Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been terrible this year. They're terrible. I mean, there's no other way to put it, but yet they swept the Cardinals in a doubleheader. That's baseball, too. But you got five games with the Pirates. You'd like to say you take three of five. Then you go to Kansas City. They have not been good although better than Pittsburgh, I would say. And then go back home, finish up with the five against Milwaukee, and you got a chance to get in. And that, you know, if you would have said, hey, with a handful of games left and you got a chance to get in, you take it with the way that this season has gone and with all the injuries. 100%. And yes, and today, Dan, after the second game of the doubleheader, the Cardinals could literally be out of a playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, but you still have games in hand. Plenty of time. Mm, Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. But you have the head-to-head with Milwaukee. That's what you want. So that's what you want. And they're at home. So we'll see how it goes. I say you're at home, but now with the new rules with baseball, some of the guys will quarantine in the hotel room. And by the way, I say you have the five head-to-head. You're gonna, it looks like you're going to have to play those two with Detroit, the way that this is going. They, the two that are kind of hanging out there, it would be 58 games and then 59 and 60 against Detroit. Those are makeup games. It's a doubleheader at Detroit for potential seating and maybe potentially to get in. So that's something to th- uh, to keep in mind as well. Cross it over, Ribs BK, coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Very pleasant morning here at 101 ESPN. About 72 degrees, cloudy, and uh, we just had a very nice conversation off the air. In these same tones. Yes. <laughs> Ribs and BK, they're coming up next. We were talking about uh, what transpired last night. I'm sure you guys are going to get into it too, BK. Absolutely, yeah. I've got a lot of thoughts on it. Um, 
that was bigger than one moment in one game, and I think. It, and you're talking about the the Yachty situation correct. and the benches and how it was handled and all those kind of things, right? And I think that the the conversation is being lost in what that decision was, and I think the conversation is more about what went into that decision. So we'll get into that coming up here in just a little bit, but I, I think it's bigger than just one moment in one game. I think it says bigger things about the Cardinals as an organization, bigger things about Mike Schilt as a manager, bigger things about who Yadier Molina is inside of that clubhouse. Well, here's where I'm, I'm fascinated with a number of things today. Um, number one, where is Wong? So I'm getting to the Yachty thing, too. So if Wong, Jamie, you can jump in, too, because you always back up from the microphone when we get into these things. So where where is Wong? You know, so is Max Schrock potentially up today? Because Mike kind of indicated that yeah. this may be a serious deal. Uh, Lane Thomas with the drop and a strikeout. And Dan, I, I, I can't watch him anymore. I'm sorry. He's I, lost I his confidence. He's yeah. lost his mojo. Yeah, he, needs, just, he needs a break. Uh, something's going on there. Um, so the, they need a jump there with the runway really short now. So I'm not sure where you go with that, with one of the out. Does Carlson come back up? Does Justin Williams get a shot? Um, that's something maybe they look at. Where is Yachty's wrist or hand? Is so, Williams on the forty man? Sorry, I, I apologize. Yeah, for yeah he is. There. Okay, so, so he's he been on the be forty postseason. Yeah, he's actually, um, I believe he is on the taxi squad right now. So cool. he is in Milwaukee. So if they wanted to make that move or just take, you know, just here's a here's a match. Let's light it. Let's try to light a fire. Or something, you know, anything. The reason why I ask is because yesterday the rosters locked, and whoever was on the 40-man at that point in time can be on the postseason roster. Whoever was not, if you were not yet added to the 40-man as of yesterday night, then you cannot play for that team in the postseason. So Satellite camp is done this weekend, um, so that's something to think about. Uh, they're going to have to make some roster adjustments here with the doubleheader uh, concerning adding Oviedo. Chris Matt is, he's gassed for today. I mean, that's another that's done. I mean, there's a lot of maneuvering that they're going to have to make before the, the first pitch at 410 or whatever it is today. I'm just fascinated with it. And, you know, to the to the greater picture of what Yadier Molina means to this organization, he 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 is huge to this organization. Um, he means a lot in that clubhouse. He means a lot to Mike Schild. I'm telling you, those guys are simpatico, man. They're very, very close. They're very, very tight. You know, Mike will rely on Yachty to say, you know, if a guy, when Yachty finishes an inning and he comes in, you know, Mike will say, where are we with with player X on the mound? You know, is he where is he? Has he got good stuff? You think he's got another inning in him? You know, and they'll look in eye contact and that kind of thing in an inning. You know, do I get? Do I need to go get him? What do you think? I mean, they they rely on each. other. They have a great relationship. So if Yachty says, "I want to stay in the game," he's going to stay in the game. And I think by Yachty staying in the game, all how about all his teammates? How quickly they rushed out to the field. That's not a normal guy. He means a lot to that team. So I, I don't know where you stand on it, but I'm, I'm just you. I'm just he means an awful lot. He's the he guy. Number, he is the guy. With a capital T, capital G. He's the guy. The in captain that and number fifty is the captain, and that's just where it is. It's a big deal. Speaking of fifty, they need a big start. Oh boy! Uh, and he's again. been there every day this year. When they needed a start, he's been there. I went through the three starts that have they've needed him the most, and he's come up big. So 
Number four is today. Well, Dan, I'm looking forward to talking with you again coming up at noon. Uh, we've got BT joining us at 1 o'clock. I know Jamie really wanted to pick his brain about what happened last night as well. So On we'll the broadcast? Coming up at 1 o'clock. No, no, no. Just oh, the, okay. the dynamics of that, because obviously coming from a hockey background, there are certain things that spark uh, incidents like that, and we recognize it as players because it's the hockey side. I want to know what sparked that and why things go the way they do when baseball has those situations. So I thought dive into BT's brain a little bit. I, I think it sparks him. I, I it it baseball is different than hockey. I mean, you would add a bench clearing brawl in hockey. Well, yeah, and that's part of my discussion yeah. with BT today is going to be, you know, what exactly is the dynamic in that situation? I just want to learn about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Looking forward to it. I'm with you guys at noon, right? Well, then you don't need me if you got BT. You don't need me. We do. We, we do. do. No, you got BT, baby. No, we need a real pro. BT's not pro. Like, come on. Oh, he's a pro. He was great on the broadcast <laughs> yesterday. He's he was awesome. Energy. That eighth inning was awesome. It was fun. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was he fun. He was awesome. I enjoyed the heck out of it, too. Scotty, great job. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.